Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Before you drift off into one of our meditations or dive into a podcast interview, I would like to share with you one of the new opportunities for our listeners at The Mindful Movement. This is Sarah Raymond, and I'm so excited to announce the expansion of our coaching services to include two of my good friends and excellent coaches, Nikki Dyer and Laura Cannon. Both Nikki and Laura provide their own unique skill sets, allowing us to meet the needs of our growing audience. If you want to learn more, just follow the coaching link in the show notes. As always, we are grateful for your support and look forward to working with you. Hello and welcome to the Mindful Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Les Raymond. Thanks for tuning in today for another episode. I got to speak with Max Cassett today from Max Vitality. We talked about bath salts and float tanks and sensory deprivation. Uh, This stuff is really interesting to me because honestly, uh, a bath soak is like my primary stress management tool. Uh, I take a bath pretty much every evening and that is like the anchor of my stress management process that is the way that i no matter how stressful a day is i try to not let it accumulate and carry over to the next day so if you have difficulty managing your stress um, it is definitely a tool to consider and we talked about foot soaks too so if you don't have access to a tub Sounds like there's some other, some other options out there that are very accessible financially. And then on the other end of the spectrum, there's the ultimate luxury of owning your own float tank, which Max can help you with if you're interested. And as a listener, he is providing discounts on all the stuff at maxvitality.co using code MINDFUL uh, to get a discount on all his products, a big discount on a float tank, $2,500. So if that's Uh, your speed check it out if you've never done a float tank it is an interesting experience and maybe you could find one nearby to try first thanks again for tuning in i hope you enjoy the conversation max casa thanks for joining me on the mindful movement podcast a pleasure to be here man appreciate you having me on so i'm looking forward to talking all things salt today and and water um as i've mentioned off the off the record, I am an avid uh, Epsom salt bath taker. It's like part of my evening routine. It's um, my my ultimate like re like wind down end of the day. No matter what happened during the day, I feel like that just gets me the perfect refresh and preparation for for um, for bed. And you take it to the next level. Um, you you look at Epsom salt as useful but there's another levels and you look at a bathtub is useful, but there's another level to that. So I'm looking forward to diving a little deeper on these other levels and learning more. Um, your, your place is called max vitality. Max vitality. Yes, sir. Well, again, thanks for taking the time today. Tell us a little about what you guys do at max vitality. Yeah, man. Happy to. I'm glad you're a big bath guy. Epsom salt guy, magnesium guy. We love that. And, uh, and yeah, we kind of built our brand at Max Vitality around that where, I mean, it all started 
Um, like as I had mentioned earlier, I'm a, a lifelong martial artist. And my parents had got me into the martial arts at a super young age because I was diagnosed with a degenerative neuromuscular disease at birth called Charcot-Marie-Tooth, or CMT for short. And really just as my symptoms started to progress, I was having trouble walking and balancing and my muscle strength coordination was a little off. So they wanted to get me into something and their form of therapy that they, they uh, enrolled me in was martial arts. And thankfully I, I stuck with it and it became such a huge part of my life. But really, as I got older and started teaching and competing more in the martial arts, I was just looking for ways to optimize my mind and body. And I fell into some different paths, you know, I explored different Western world technologies and South American shamanic brews and Eastern medicines and just about everything in between. And gotcha. for me, when I had my first float session or uh, sensory deprivation session in a float tank, something just really resonated with me deep inside where it was the one of the first forms of therapy that I'd explored that really intimately linked together the physical and mental recovery with the spiritual aspect, which is something at the, especially at that point in my life, I was really craving a deeper dive into. And uh, yeah, man. So I started floating more and diving into the research and I ended up getting so inspired that I started at my company, Max Vitality, where we now distribute float chambers and our magnesium rich basalt blends and do all sorts of fun stuff, man. Cool. Yeah. Let me get a picture of some of this timeline. So you said um, you were pretty young and you were diagnosed with, can you say that again? Char I don't think I've heard that. Sh yeah, Char yeah, Charcot Marie Tooth, or C usually called CMT. <laughs> what, really what is that again? A degenerative? Yeah, yeah so it's a de degenerative neuromuscular disease where really, um, yeah, your, your nerves start atrophying from your extremities. So usually your hands and your lower legs and your feet, they're really your, your muscles and your limbs and your extremities start atrophying from the extremities up until eventually uh, for some, it can start attacking the respiratory system like other degenerative diseases. Is, but, is it known yeah. what drives that condition or? I mean, the Western world's kind of, kind of unknown. They kind of slap a genetic label over right. it, but, uh, but yeah, with, with my explorations in the silent darkness and, um, different ceremonies have been able to get to what I've realized as being at the root of, of, of my condition, I guess you could say, you know, different. And for me, it was a lot of um, just stress and tension I was holding in my body where I was starting to pull my consciousness away from my hands and my feet. And if I would scan my body throughout the day, like for example, if I'd be in the float tank and I'd notice a judgmental thought go by or something like that, like, for example, I had an experience once where I was in the float tank um, and I noticed a thought go by of judgment. So I was judging myself for something I had said in conversation earlier that day. But at the moment that thought of judgment went by, what I noticed was the water ripple a little bit in my hands and my feet and my calves started to tense up because my physical body was reacting to the thoughts that were going up up top in the mind. Um, so I started to, and usually it's an unconscious process. Sort of throughout the day, my mind would be doing its thing. And maybe there'd be thoughts of judgment going on. And every time there was, I'd be 
tensing up my hands and my feet a little bit and it would be unconscious to me. It, it would go by, I wouldn't even notice it. But as I became more aware of that process and as I noticed tension in my body, just letting it go, breathing it out, relaxing it, bringing my awareness and my consciousness back to my hands, back to my feet, I've been able to bring more consciousness and ATP energy to my extremities and start to, to relax them, release them, let it all go and, and ultimately heal them. But, uh, so that, you think my personal experience, the neurodegenerative condition at the heart of it was like held emotional or mental stress or tension in the body? Yeah, more or less. So, so less, less genetic and more hereditary. So there is a difference there. Hereditary uh, first genetic. Did so you have like, that... I, I mean, we, I don't want to pry. You don't have to, if you're not comfortable, did you have yeah. like a real stressful or traumatic, like early childhood or? Not particularly, um, Interesting. Okay. but just more so my ways of coping with stress, um, which were maybe trying to suppress it and mm. not feel it instead of opening myself up, up, up to it and allowing those emotions and feeling it to heal it. And as I learned to do more of that um, inside the float tank and uh, with other tools, I've been able to release some of that, not hold it all in the body and cut which as I was holding more of that in the body, like many of my relatives were in wheelchairs by 30, say, I've been able to let some of that go instead of atrophying and causing disease in the, the physical body. Oh, wow. And uh, the timeline, so you got diagnosed really young. How, how old were you? Yeah, uh, diagnosed at one, but really oh, wow. about at birth. So. so you grew up with this and you didn't get any improvements until you start started like floating and yeah i mean so what's that I mean, timeline how old were you when you started floating yeah so I, I got into the i guess one one key point to hit was getting enrolled in the martial arts at four which is really really great and super grateful that my parents did that and took that route versus other other routes you know um and then ultimately got fell into floating I discovered floating around age 16, 17, um, after, well, that's uh, young. Uh, yeah, after a pretty intense car crash. Um, so as I was battling some concussions and they had just recommended, Hey, because uh, one of the best protocols for concussions, anyone knows that's, that's got a concussion, you go to a medical professional, they recommend getting away from all external sensory stimulation, getting away from the screens, getting away from the light and ultimately going in something like a sensory deprivation tank where you're going into the silent darkness. So that's the optimal environment for our brain and our nervous system to really recover. Uh, and that's what I experienced after that. After that how, car crash. how old are you now, Max? Um, just turned 25. Oh, you're young still. How do you 25. feel these days? Feeling great, man. Feeling really good. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, really just more aware of what was going on up top with, with my mind and, um, yeah, they feel great all around. But in terms of the the CMT, right, my my muscle strength's never been better. My my coordination, I'm moving good, feeling good on the mats in life. And uh, nice. and yeah, do that's awesome. That what an awesome healing story. Um, I I love healing stories, man. They I find them very inspiring. Uh, something you said earlier resonated with me. You were in the float and noticing uh thoughts of judgment i know many of my um like aha moments or 
epiphanies or sometimes if I'm stoned, high epiphanies. <laughs> in the tub, like, so. are, it's like when you shut everything else down, um, there's nothing going on. I'm not listening to content. If I'm listening to anything, it's just music, nothing for the mind to attach onto and run down some path. Um, you know, nothing visually stimulating. I just have like a red light on. And that's where I notice all, all the things that I have like on my plate to work on about myself, not like to-do list, but like, why did I say that to my son in that tone today? Like that does not sit well with me. That's not how I want to show up for him. And then, you know, I get out of the bath and I walk down the hall and knock on his door and say, you know, hey, I just want to say my bad for, you know, the way I phrased that earlier. You know, I didn't mean that. This is kind of what I meant. And without that, like, quietness, you know, you don't notice, you don't notice the judgmental thoughts. You need that stillness. There's a, a serious, even though you're not, like, actively meditating, there is a strong meditative, ex like, component to being in water. There's something about the safety signal that the body receives. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, I'm just doing a bath. I'll put in some salt. Like I said, I put in some Epsom salt. Sometimes I put in some uh, MSM or baking soda. Not really sure if I notice the difference really of what I put in or even how much I put in. Mm -hmm. um, I just know that like being still in a, in a hot bath with some stuff in it seems to be super therapeutic for me personally. For sure. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I, I feel that that period of contemplation, like you said, for people like us, I know whether it's a bath, whether it's a foot soak, whether it's uh, just sitting there at the edge of your bed, meditating, whatever it is, is, is you know, it's where a lot of those deep insights um, start coming in. We can start to contemplate and reflect and learn and integrate what we've been experiencing, <laughs> yeah. which is so important for life. And I feel... For me, that that's where I felt the float tank was really just next level on that for me to help bring me to this deep introspective landscape space where I was able to do that without any external distractions coming in at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, so um, that's like a true sensory deprivation. So for the listeners, if you're not familiar, a float tank is basically a bathtub, but you're you're completely in it and it's got a lid and it shuts. So it's, it's pitch black in there, but the amount of salt they put in it is so it's so concentrated that you, you float. So you could basically relax, lay down and you don't touch anything. And I guess the idea is to have the temperature pretty close to the temperature of the body. So you, you like lose this sense of your body itself. Like you don't, you don't really feel anything. You're turning off touch, sight. Um, I mean, that that's the idea. You're depriving yourself of that sensory input, information coming in, and it's just like you and the mind. Totally. Yeah, no, really, really well said. And for anyone listening at home, like it's important we recognize this isn't just a few pounds of Epsom salt in a bathtub at the end of the night. You know what I mean? Like you're inside this tank, there's 10 inches of water 
and those 10 inches of water are super saturated with over a thousand pounds of therapeutic grade magnesium salts, right? Commonly <laughs> Epsom salts, dude, a thousand pounds and 10 <laughs> inches of water, it's ridiculous. You look at a mound of this thing, we put the salt in first when we fill one of the tanks. It's like the size of uh, like, a, like three large refrigerators full of magnesium salts. <laughs> and you're trying to dissolve that in just 10 inches of water. So it creates this extremely buoyant salt water solution so buoyant that you could literally take a bowling ball put it in the water and it would easily float to the top like a cork so you lay in this thing you effortlessly float you're getting all the benefits from the zero gravity from the sensory deprivation from the magnesium you're soaking up through your skin um and yeah man you so so yeah so really floating involves getting in one of these tanks and just laying back and yeah floating. yeah strange i've only done it once i'm looking forward to doing it again but it is kind of uh, hard to express the um, the unfamiliar nature of when you get into something that that's uh, super saturated. Like even getting into the ocean compared to like the pool, you really notice that it's easier to float. Like I remember doing triathlons, and if we did one and it was in the ocean in salt water, like you'd just be faster, you'd be more buoyant. Um, it's easier to float. And this is like so much more concentrated. Big time, big time. Yeah, we're talking over three times more concentrated than even the Dead Sea. Okay, wow. It's, it's wild. So yeah. let's talk about what goes in these. So you have the one benefit of you're cutting off, you have this meditative state because you're cutting everything off. You have this like sense of being held, like it's comforting, you're being held by water, it's warm. It's almost like you're in the womb, you know, the mm -hmm. safety of being in the womb, if you will. Um, the salts themselves. So I know that you uh, tinker with like varieties of salts, which I want to learn more about. But in primarily, it is Epsom salt that's in the float. Totally. Okay. Yeah. And if anyone goes into a whatever you type in float center near me on Google and you go down and, and check out a float center, 99% of them are using epsom salts unless they're they're filled with our vitality salts but an uh an epsom salt is magnesium sulfide sulfate yeah sulfate? yeah sulfate sulfate yeah, yeah right on so magnesium right and sulfur mm -hmm. uh both very beneficial to the body and 100%. the body is has you know if you're not familiar the body can take things in like just like if you put i mean there's medications that are mm -hmm you know, topically applied, you know, yeah. anything that you put in, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, it's a way to get things in you want. It's also, unfortunately, with all like the toxic stuff that in all the products that are out there, you put things on your skin and it, it can get into your body. But the body seems to have some kind of inner wisdom of what it, you know, it regulates what comes in and what doesn't. So when you have this abundance of magnesium and sulfur and whatever else you're putting in, you're, you're handing over your decision making to like the inner wisdom mm -hmm. of the body to accept what it needs and so forth but it's a it's a great path to get certain nutrients in because you don't have to um rely on like digestion mm -hmm. um which for some things you know there's you could get little bits, but if you try to digest a lot of a certain nutrient, because let's say your needs were high, mm -hmm. 
it could come at a price. It might not be a benign process. I mean, you try to digest a few tablespoons of magnesium salt, you're you better clear your schedule the next day because you're gonna probably spend the day in the bathroom. Totally. Um, but transdermally, um, you know, it's it's just a fantastic way to to manage accepting these things. Hundred percent, yeah, and really, like especially something like magnesium, dude, where magnesium is so essential for thousands of biological functions. All right, we're talking the fourth most abundant mineral in the human body, the second most abundant mineral inside each of our cells. So that's very, very profound. And the real kicker is that over 80% in, in the Western world, or in America, closer to 99% of Americans are extremely magnesium deficient. This magnesium is essential for people to be able to yeah, de-stress. Uh, yeah, because what we start to see is when people are deficient in magnesium, which so many people are, we start seeing symptoms of, of stress, anxiety, depression, insomnia, even other conditions which aren't uh, as tip aren't typically thought as being a magnesium deficiency, but things like a heart palpitation or any muscle twitches or cramps, or even as you go down the road, things like eczema and asthma, which can be oftentimes tied back to calcification in different parts of the body. The calcification is a result of magnesium deficiency. Oh, really? Magnesium is there to regulate the calcium levels. So when calcium gets out of whack, the magne and, and there's not enough magnesium there to dissolve it and get it back into the bloodstream and into the teeth and the bones where it belongs, it starts depositing in places like the lungs, like the inner arms, like the joints. I never heard that in regards to eczema. Yeah. I have a history of eczema. That's interesting. Wow. Yeah. And I think like I've heard, I mean, I know I've heard, I've talked to a lot of nutritionists over the years and they talk about everybody being magnesium de deficient, partly because, you know, just in general, our diets aren't as dialed in as they used to yeah. be. And also, even if you eat fairly healthy foods, the soil has been depleted, I guess, because they keep growing stuff in the same place. Yeah, and totally. it's just, uh, it's harder to pass it through to to, to the human that's eating it. But also, I guess um, you mentioned stress there as from what I understand, as your your stress levels go up, you mm -hmm. you use up magnesium at a higher rate. So you're like you're already a little low, probably, mm -hmm. and then you burn through a lot of it mm -hmm. with a stressful lifestyle, which, you know, most people just have whether they know or not. Totally, totally. Yeah, because magnesium is really we can think of it and this is how is kind of the interplay between calcium and magnesium and why at max vitality we help a lot of people optimize their mineral levels because our minerals are are one the foundation of so many biological functions whether it's our hormones our enzymes our biochemicals our metabolism all these things require minerals so if we don't have the proper minerals our body isn't able to perform the proper biological functions that it needs to do to be able to thrive um, so yeah, bottom line, uh, with the magnesium, you hit the nail on the head with factory farming, the soil has been depleted. So even if we're conscious and mindful about eating magnesium rich foods, the magnesium only ha these magnesium rich foods only have as much magnesium as the soils that they're grown in, right? And because of things like factory farming and toxic NPK fertilizer, a lot of these plants don't have the same amount of magnesium 
that they did 30, 50 years ago, you know? So this is why when people hear this, usually they run to oral magnesium supplements. But as you said, then we take these pills, which are highly processed, and depending on the form, uh, many of them are, are slightly toxic. Um, but on top of that, these pills, a lot of them are getting destroyed in the GI tract and aren't very bioavailable. So um, on top of that, there's other research that suggests that a lot of these pills are taking nine to 12 months to really start to increase our blood levels of magnesium, any if at all. So when people hear this, if it's tough to get it from the food, the pills aren't doing the trick, or at least it's a long-term play, then this is where transdermal magnesium or magnesium that's absorbed through the skin, whether it's in a bath, whether it's in a float tank, whether it's in a foot soak, whether it's a topical lotion, a topical spray, um, can really help people out a lot. You said topical spray. I, I saw, so you sell a salt that has, I think, magnesium chloride and some other things. And yep. I think I saw that one of the application recommendations was a, a spray. Totally. So do you, do you do that yourself? Make a yeah. spray? Yeah. So whatever, first thing in the morning I get up, um, and you can take those salts. You could do this. You could do similar with Epsom salt too. Um, just to get the Epsom salt, magnesium chloride. You, you mentioned the magnesium chloride. One of the reasons that we recommend that people take a bath in magnesium chloride over Epsom salt. So if anyone here is listening to this, they're taking their soaks in Epsom salt. We just want to at least plant the seed that there are more magnesium-rich salts. And a lot of the benefits we're getting from these Epsom salts, although they're very healing. Magnesium chloride, for example, is over 230% more magnesium than Epsom salt, right? And there's many more studies supporting that magnesium chloride is, is way more um, transdermally absorbed. So it's way better at, at getting absorbed through the hair follicles of the skin and entering the bloodstream right away, where Epsom salt doesn't have as many studies backing it up there. But uh yeah, magnesium chloride over Epsom salt. It's an easy swap. And again, like I said, 230% more magnesium. So do than you Epsom use salt. a different amount when you're um, using it? Like if you were, if someone were to take a a tub with, let's say an average sized bathtub. Yeah. Um, how much magnesium chloride do you generally recommend? Yeah, so really, yeah. So standard size bathtub, usually anywhere from... Um, half cup to one cup of magnesium chloride flakes. And yes, like you said, maybe someone would be using two or three cups of Epsom salt. Um, you only have to use a, a smaller fraction of that with gotcha. magnesium chloride because it is so much more magnesium yeah, that's about, rich. That's about what I, I do with Epsom salt, two to three mm -hmm. cups. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm really like sore, beat up or something from working out, I might put an extra one. So yeah, I would like to try that. So you yeah. make a product that is magnesium chloride, but it's got some other stuff too. Totally. Um, can you talk about what else is in there and why? Yeah, happy to. So we got the magnesium chloride, which again, 230% more magnesium than Epsom salt, way better absorbed through the skin. And then if we really want to maximize our blood levels of magnesium, it's important to know about magnesium's three powerful cofactors, right? So we have vitamin B6, which helps get more magnesium into the cell. 
bicarbonate, which helps get the magnesium deeper into the mitochondria, and boron, which helps our body actually hold on to that magnesium longer and more effectively. So we blended these cofactors in to our salt blend with the magnesium chloride, uh, really is to maximize how much magnesium is getting absorbed through the skin into the bloodstream and to do it as quickly as possible. B6, I've never heard that. So I have a question there because I know taking B6 orally comes in different forms, but also there's risks involved with taking too much. Is there any risk of like a B6 toxicity when it's in a bath? Yeah, so really the main thing is, um, yeah, the B6 toxicity, a lot of it will come from a lot of the different B vitamins are um, obviously uh, synthetically made in, in a lab. And a lot of the B vitamins are actually cyanide based. So if you look at the back of your, someone's taking a, a vitamin B pill, and you look at the back of it, if you see the word cyanide anywhere on the back, <laughs> um, we usually well, recommend staying with. I think that's B12 is commonly done with that. So cobalamin. Yeah, B Yes, is often yes. packaged as cyanocobalamin because it's. I think yep. it's just cheaper to make. I don't, don't think B six is typically, which is I think pyridoxine. I think is the name. I don't think that's typically packaged with cyanide, but I do think people can have too much B six. Totally. Yeah, um, and like like you said, with uh, with any of them, when. That, that's that's why a lot of people even like with magnesium like you said if you're if you're guessing if, if we're guessing and just funneling a few capsules of magnesium or b6 down the hatch um kind of playing uh kind of guessing in a way you know what i mean like, right. unless you're you're testing first which is always a great thing to do but uh but yeah that's where transdermal is really great because we get to get our body more involved in that process like our, our hair follicles will literally if i'm soaking in a magnesium bath doesn't matter if you put 10 cups of epsom salt in there or you put one when you go into that bath your body's going to soak up as much as it needs which is really great so it's leveraging your body's natural defense mechanism there transdermally through the skin is always always a good play in terms of b6 in particular um th there's some um yeah b6 and some of the b vitamins have a tendency to interact with Bio, our, our levels of bioavailable copper. So what we usually recommend is for vitamin B6 um, is is just going getting it from whole food sources uh, as with most things when possible. And vitamin B6, the best whole food source of vitamin B6 is organic bee pollen. So again, one of the first things I do in the morning, they go over to the fridge, a couple tablespoons. The organic bee pollen, get the couple vitamin B6 up. Okay. Yeah, a couple <laughs> tablespoons. <laughs> get it in there, man. Gotta enjoy it. And then uh, and then you had mentioned too, I kind of went off track, but about the the topical spray. Well, you can do it, you can even do this with the Epsom salt, dude. Um, vitality salts, obviously a, a little bit quicker, more powerful. But if you take a spray bottle, a lot of our clients will take a spray bottle, fill it up halfway with vitality salts. The other half filtered water, shake it up. Now you can use that as your oh, magnesium oil. So that's oil. very concentrated. Okay. Yeah. Very and it will dissolve like that. Just put, put yeah. in 50 50. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So 50 50, you get a get a prime ratio. Get a yeah, good, I would good like magnesium to try that. Um, Especially after a you know, hot when shower. I when I get out of the tub, my skin feels that's like when my skin always feels the best. And then it doesn't last. Yeah. 
And uh, I wonder if I just, you know, midday at some point as it starts to kind of dry out. And part of it is like the remnants of the eczema history that I alluded to earlier. Mm -hmm. um, I still have like a couple areas. They're not really, I guess they're still somewhat problem areas. Um, like yeah. I'm not using steroids like I used to or anything, but yeah. there's like an ebb and flow based on my stress level and my diet from the last like previous week of like mm -hmm. how well it's doing. But it always does well when I get out of the tub. So I wonder if I just have another awesome. application just like um, locally yeah. with the spray, if yeah. that would do anything, I'll, I'll give that a try. So yeah, um, so you said the the you also put the bicarb and the uh, boron in there and the bicarb is in there for what reason you said to is that helps with um, absorption or what does it do? Yeah, it just helps get the magnesium deeper into particularly the mitochondria um and, and the boron as well just helps our body actually hold on to it longer do you but, know how that works do you know how bicarb does that by any chance yeah the bicarbonate it's interacting with the co2 and the bubbles from the co2 are helping get that magnesium deeper into uh different parts of the cell in particular the mitochondria i mean and i know bicarb, the bicarb is gonna in, you'll, you'll see all the bubbles in there and Right. Well, I know it's going to affect the pH. I wonder if that has something to do with it. And then you said there's boron also, and that helps, you said, hold on to magnesium. Yeah. How, do you know it, how it does that? Yeah. So let's imagine boron is really um, like one of the most powerful antioxidants on earth. A lot of people don't know this, but so boron's extremely effective at lowering the levels of oxidative stress in the body and the oxidative stress or stress, as you pointed out, is burning through our magnesium levels. Um, so anything that helps us mitigate the stress, the boron's, boron's really great for that. Gotcha. So you're using this stuff topically. You're adding it to baths. Even if there's some Epsom salt, you add a little bit also? Yeah, uh, typically, typically with Epsom salt, yeah. So there is a specific ratio that's ideal. Um we wouldn't be going for a 50-50 ratio. Like we're not looking to mix both of them, Epsom salt and mag chloride, because there can okay. be some reactions between the two of them, um, which, which may, may result in extra stinging or something like that. But yeah, usually all mag chloride, or if someone has a, a good dose of Epsom salt they're looking to use as well, you can alternate these. Um, in the case of the float tank, the reason why some people can use Epsom salt and magnesium chloride is we're keeping it at an eight to one ratio of Epsom salt to magnesium chloride. And that's the ratio we see in, in the world's oceans. That's a very safe ratio. They're the ratio mother nature gave us. But yeah, you either mean, swapping off days on it. The natural ratio of, of max magnesium sulfate in the ocean? Yeah, to mag chloride. So both of those naturally exist in the ocean? Yeah, yeah. I know that, okay. Yeah, in, in right around the eight to one ratio. Interesting. So yeah, how a lot of our ancestors would be be soaking up the mag topically. I do think Soaks. there's a lot to learn from what's in the ocean. Right, I dude. heard something. I don't know if this is true, but I heard that this is off topic a little bit. That the ocean water, like, um, is very similar to our cerebral spinal fluid, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and also the am, am i saying this right amniotic fluid mm -hmm. from 
when we're in the womb, which is interesting. And if you, you know, if you think about the history of like life on earth, they say that it all kind of came from the ocean. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't know. There's something, there's something there. Right. <laughs> and right. everybody likes being at the ocean and, you know, totally. they don't, there's a, they don't know why there's a, I think there's a lot of variables there. You know, you're, yeah. you're grounded, you're on highly conductive ground with the salt water, but also mm-hmm. like all those minerals, not just in the water, but it's like they're in the air. So you're breathing totally. it in. Totally. I, I wondered, I actually got in a conversation um, on a Facebook group. It's um that's focuses on oxalate. I've had an issue with oxalate yeah. in the past and yeah. Uh, Epsom salt is very interesting in the realm of oxalate because for a number of reasons, but one is the sulfur, oxalate and sulfur share a transporter. So like Mm -hmm. when you ingest more oxalate than you can get out, one of the first things that happens is you start to um, lose sulfur Mm -hmm. and the sulfate from, so as you, they move on a concentration gradient. So if you get a high dose of sulfur, you could help push oxalate out of the body. Mm-hmm. But um, we were in a discussion talking about using Epsom salts mm-hmm. for that purpose. And I um, kind of chimed in that I think that some of the benefit might be that your nose is sitting inches over the top of the water. 100%. And like, I remember my wife would complain, as you see, <laughs> there's, there's plants all behind me. So there's plants in like every room in this house. And in the in the bathroom where I've got the bathtub and I do my daily soak, like she's got plants kind of around the bathtub. So um, every once in a while, you get a look and see that they're like covered in dust. Right. Which and I'm like, okay, so the steam is coming off that's holding these minerals and then, you know, precipitating down onto the plants and then it's drying and we have like magnesium and sulfur dust. Which makes me think, like, if it's coming up like that, then you're breathing it in, which is a direct line into the bloodstream. Bloodstream. Yeah, no, really well said, dude. And uh, yeah, you can really see, like, especially, like, people always talk about transdermal magnesium uh, during a float, right? During a soak, bath, float, whatever it is. But a lot of people don't recognize you're also soaking up the magnesium through the mucous membranes on your backside. You're also breathing this stuff in, like you said. Now imagine in a float tank, you're yeah, inside this encapsulated in. cell where all that dust and all those minerals are staying there in the air. Like people go to a salt cave and they'll sit in a salt room and get a lot of benefits uh, on That's the respiratory tract and, and the entire body. But there's a lot more salt and a lot more magnesium in one of these float tanks. Yeah, I did um, the salt room once. Salt I case. felt like it was too low of a dose for me. It's yeah. <laughs> like my tolerance <laughs> is too high for this. I feel like <laughs> kind of twiddling my thumbs here. Yeah, um, you, dude. That's that's interesting. Uh, so, how often do you do this stuff, Max? Like, how how what's your how do you integrate all these salt water related interventions into your lifestyle? Yeah, it's a good question, man. And it, it's evolved in. Like we said, it ebb and flows, and um, but floating definitely stays at a centerpiece. And I'm really mindful whenever I need that deep reset, the deep relaxation. 
I'm craving just really going in and tapping into those introspective states, um, the float's definitely my go-to there. So the float, then on top of that, on top of a more, uh, if I'm traveling, if I'm moving right now, I'm in between a couple different houses in between my girl's house and um, my, my, my parents' pad too, so where I grew up. So we're living out in Hawaii last year. And then we'd move back around the holidays. So just getting situated. So we've been doing a lot of moving. I haven't been around the float tank as much as I'd like. But uh, that's where the, the baths and the foot soaks are really great. So every night as I'm winding down, maybe I don't got time to go into the bath. You know, we got our seven, seven-year-old daughter. Um, I, I would love to be able to do that every night. But these past few weeks, getting her back into school and everything, get back into the routine foot soaks just been more practical so we're sitting there at night after dinner dim the lights down maybe i'm reading maybe i'm journaling whatever it is but i'm sitting there and in a foot soak and what's so cool about foot soaks we have the largest pores in the entire body on the bottoms of our feet and the nerve endings to every major organ in the body which is why they're such a essential piece of the chinese medical system that's all on the bottom of our feet so we can literally just take a couple tablespoons of the vitality salts or any of these salts, put it in a foot soak, get it steamy hot, and uh, start soaking up the magnesium right into the bloodstream right away. Then Wait, did you that, say a couple tablespoons? That's all you need for a foot soak? Yeah, it's all you need for a foot soak. So that's why, I mean, it's it's cost effective. It's efficient. Yeah, uh, yeah get in there a couple tablespoons because it's way less water, too. You now we're talking about a few inches of water versus uh, 50 to 100 gallons in a in a bathtub, you know? Right. Um, and then, yeah, man, just really staying on top of um, my other mineral practices, whether it's uh, the organic bee pollen in the morning, whether it's drinking magnesium bicarbonate throughout the day, there's something people at home can, can make for uh, like five cents, you know? It's the most effective oral magnesium. How do you pollen. make that? You just buy those separately and add them, combine them, or do you buy magnesium bicarb? Yeah, you actually. Um, I've always thought of bicarb as sodium bicarb, like baking soda. Yeah, yeah, and in in yeah the bi yeah there's a bunch of different forms, but really okay. the sodium bicarb, like you said, potassium bicarb. It's what we use in the Vitality salts, and then uh, magnesium bicarbonate, and bicarbonate is just half the salt. So it can, it can be tied to anything, whether it's sodium, potassium, magnesium, but magnesium bicarbonate. If someone's looking for an oral form of magnesium magnesium bicarbonate is the most bioavailable it's over 52 percent bioavailable comparing that to other mag supplements which are closer to four percent and you can make it at home for super cheap we're talking like cents um per month <laughs> uh, nice. really just the initial investment is i i guess you gotta gotta save the initial investment but the initial as long as you got a soda stream so if you have a soda stream maker that can just make carbonated water. Oh, okay. All you do is you get magnesium hydroxide powder and you put it in and you just put a scoop of the, the mag powder in there. It'll mix with the carbonated water. It'll have a chemical reaction there. You shake it up and uh, you have this liter of magnesium bicarbonate water you just keep in the fridge. And gotcha. And so you could a, equally a just add that. that to like a... Like a sparkling, a bottled sparkling water from yeah. the local store. Totally. You just shake it up good, put it in the fridge, and then you just take about a fluid ounce of that a day. Oh, that's they, it. 
getting a good hit. Uh, oh, good that you said that. I would have just yeah. drank. <laughs> <laughs> just slugged it. Now that's very powerful. Okay. Very powerful there. But yeah, magnesium rich water, you know, and very bioavailable. So yeah. what else is going on with the foot soak? So I like that the foot soak is obviously more cost effective. Um I kind of personally feel like if I was gonna spend the time, I might as well just get in the tub and fill it up. But um what what's like a specific is there any specific benefit from the foot soak you mentioned that the feet have large pores they have these nerve endings or like nerve roots or or whatever um yep. i know like what's the deal with the foot soak are you getting like a basically just a smaller percentage of the whole benefit of taking a bath or is it more concentrated being on the feet and there's like a different benefit yeah, really, I mean, a couple main pros, but one, like we said, if we can get that solution more concentrated, since it is just a few inches of water. So we are soaking up a, a pretty massive amount of magnesium through the bottoms of the feet, which is really great. I know for me personally, um, just having my feet in it, given my background with the um, CMT, as we talked about, putting my feet in a hot, saltwater solution and just really feeling and connecting with my feet connecting with my root and just feeling the magnesium get absorbed through my feet feel the salt water healing my feet healing my lower legs just just really tapping into the more subtle energies that are going on there and uh, i always feel much more grounded much more revitalized after and it's really Sometimes I'll sit there and I'll stack that with my meditation. So like we said, we were talking about other things that I'm focusing on doing throughout the day. Whether it's staying on top of my minerals, like, yeah, that's one piece. But the other main piece of that is really staying on top of my stress reduction practices and my meditation practices. Because um, these are ways that we can savor our stores of magnesium and not have to worry about our body burning through them as much. So as I'm sitting there in the salts, the salts are really powerful too because I think we had mentioned on the phone, we blast the salts, every bag of our salts with powerful infraceutical frequencies, which are really cool, really powerful, have a lot of benefits there. So when you're soaking in this stuff, you're soaking up those vibrations as well. So we blast it with powerful grounding and heart opening and magnesium frequencies. So you're laying in this stuff and there's just this other wave of relaxation and peace and heart opening that I feel when, when I'm soaking in that stuff. So, so let's uh, click on that for a second. So you're talking about um, infusing the salts with sound frequencies, and then so those frequencies are, are stored in, in the water that's in those salts. Yes. Yes. So we have, so infraceuticals, it's interesting. So the infraceuticals uses a mixture of three different frequencies, sound being one of them, right? So we put it on this device, and that device, and we select our frequencies that we want or whatever we want to infuse into it, any complexes. And this device will infuse those frequencies into the salts, into the water of the salts, and ultimately the salts as a whole, using sound, which is a powerful way to transmit information. Lasers or light frequencies, which also carry a lot of information. So they're transmitting the information of those different frequencies through the light as well. And then the third way is with an electromagnetic field around the salts. 
So it encompasses it in this electromagnetic field that is rich of these frequencies and of this information. It starts to change and alchemize all the salts that's in there um, to these specific vibrations and frequencies. And you start to get a lot of powerful effects wherever we want to take it. So for us with the salts, ones that I felt were important for my nightly foot soaks or baths or whatever it was, was the heart opening frequencies is really great. The grounding frequencies, so we get this wave and this essence of groundedness and centeredness and presence. And obviously the magnesium, a big magnesium guy, and all the beautiful uh, essences that come from with relaxation from that. I'm sure for some of the listeners, that sounds pretty woo-woo, but um, I'm definitely a believer of the frequency <laughs> stuff. I mean, I do a lot of vibrational therapy stuff. And um, yeah. like my morning, like I talk about the bath being my evening routine. My morning routine is an amp coil which is basically yes. uh, a, a sound therapy device that's being delivered on a pulse electromagnetic field. Very nice. Um, wave. And it's, um, it's like hard to imagine life without it. It's like the most expensive thing I've ever bought other than mm -hmm. like a car or a house. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and I got it in the heart of my healing crisis when I was really sick and I was like, wow. money meant nothing to me. I just want to mm -hmm. feel better. Mm -hmm. And it's become... Um, like the anchor for me. Wow. It's, it's like my wife and I have our coffee every morning, you know, with a, a sound journey from the ant coil. I'm a big believer. And it's funny you mentioned like you're infusing water with these things. And I know that water holds frequency and it's kind of necessary because I know with the ant coil, if you're like dehydrated, if you've been slacking on your hydration acutely, like in the last you know 24 hours, mm -hmm. um, it, it won't feel as good. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes mm -hmm. it can even rough you up. Like you need to have your, yeah. your water. And when I say hydration, not just water, but like you need your electrolyte status mm -hmm. to be, um, you know, reasonably adequate to really get the benefits of it. So there, there's definitely something there to that. That's interesting though. What a, what an interesting, like um, extra icing on the cake that you guys do that. I wonder, have you, is there a way to test if what let's say you infuse these salts mm -hmm. with um you know these different the light frequencies and such yeah is there a way to test later like are they still holding it and how long they hold it yeah fortunately yes um dude the guy this is interesting but it's always a fun tidbit to sprinkle in is the guy, because when people hear about infraceuticals, they're like, hey, some people, you know, it's far out. They can't see it necessarily, you know, right. if if they're tuned in, they can they can feel the difference. But uh, but yeah, it, but but it is something that we can can for the intellects listening to this, we can conceptualize it with our our rational mind as well, you know, because everything is vibration, everything is frequency. We know this. And um, but the dude that invented these infaceuticals or discovered them or started putting them all together, combining these frequencies, actually won the Nobel Prize for infaceuticals. Um, so, Who's yeah, that? there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. <laughs> okay. but and what's I'll, the word I'll, I'll you say? Infaceuticals? Yeah, infaceutical. Yeah, I N F O. You got the rest. Okay. <laughs> Um, all right. So there's on the sound um, topic, there's something 
also interesting about your float tank. So I remember when I was in the float tank, I was in like, um, I think I, Sarah and I were staying in DC for the night for an event. Actually, mm-hmm. I think it was a, a meditation retreat um, just outside of DC. And um, after, I think the last day before we left town, we both went to a float tank because we both wanted to try it. And um, there wasn't one close to where we live, but there was one close to where this event was. And I remember being in there and um, I remember like, <laughs> you, you know, there was no sound option. There, I was like, huh. I remember thinking like, oh, I would play something here. Yeah. Um, frequencies, <laughs> binaural beat, like I'd want to put something in there. Yeah. And you said that on your float tank, you can do that. Like you can, um, cause you don't have your, you don't want to be, you don't have your phone in your hand on these things. You're not controlling oh. stuff, but you could, uh, plug in and you could play something that has speakers that will play under the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your, yeah. your ears are basically underwater. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So for anyone envisioning you're laying in the salt water, ideally that salt water is about halfway between your ears and your eyes if you're laying down. You know what I mean? So your ears are under the salt water. So what we got is we hooked up some powerful underwater sound transducers, installed them under the water line about halfway in the middle of the tank. And then there's just an aux cord at the back of the tank. You plug your phone into it and you can select, a lot of people will select different guided meditations or powerful frequencies or hypnosis tracks so while we work with a lot of different hypnosis centers because hypnosis has been shown to be over five times more effective inside the float tank where there's no external distractions at all and the sublingual messages can can be really more deeply picked up by the subconscious mind all of your awareness and your consciousness can just be on the sublingual messages because that's the only external stimulation coming into the brain at all so yeah, we, we got the powerful underwater sound transducers on our Vitality Pods. And uh, yeah, there's so many implications for it, dude. Like, like the Navy SEALs, for example, they've been pumping in um, different things. They're looking to learn all sorts of stuff and probably a little little brainwashing in there too. You never know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but one of the things they came out publicly with is that they were using the float tanks as an accelerated learning environment where they would go into the tank and they would have the seals listen to kind of like Rosetta Stone, Rosetta Stone type oh, like stuff. Learn a language. Pumping in a language. And they were able to cut down the amount of time it takes them to learn a language from six months down to just six weeks. So they literally saw a 75% increase in the speed of their learning just by doing it in the float tank. But there's so many, uh, so many implications. So many things Yeah, that's really interesting using it to learning now on one hand my mind is like oh you're supposed to like detach in here but you know it's just a tool and you could Mm -hmm. use it a lot of different ways you know we're a meditation channel so i mean that probably resonates with our folks like my wife has a pretty i mean i'm biased but she has an (laughs) exceptional voice and um i mean i think she's a real angel and you know like I just think, imagine being underwater and like this ultimate feeling of safety and everything's backed out and then you have this voice. So let me ask you, underwater, I mean, is that distorted? Like if you're here, if you're listening to a, a guided meditation or guided hypnosis, 
can you hear it clearly or is it like muffled and you know blah 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 with, with the water yeah no i mean good question but yeah if it was a if it was a traditional speaker it would be muffled but with these uh transducers they transmit the frequencies of sound directly into the salt water and ultimately into every cell and tissue in the user's body so really it's a it's a different experience of sound where right. it's not just coming in through the the Here. auditory yeah the auditory cortex and the auditory nerves but really it's coming felt. in this information is you know really felt in there by by every cell which is really have, really cool have you ever uh used like binaural beats or th things like that in there does that work totally yeah yeah all very powerful like i said I, i've messed around with all of it um many many different methods and tools inside the tank but i just don't want to get too far away from or i just want to preface it by saying so these are more active styles of floating right and then just not forgetting the passive side of floating as well which is really just setting your intention to go into the silent darkness and just setting your intention to surrender to the medicine that is the silent darkness you know just allowing whatever comes up to come up seeing what gets stirred up deep inside in your subconscious what thoughts come up when you're alone in the silent dark and why are they coming up and what can we do to um speak to those parts of us that maybe are fearful or worried about something in the future or the past start to calm those down and start to love them have compassion for them and ultimately integrate them so we can grow uh, personally and spiritually and that's um, deep in our connection with with ourselves so just again we have the passive floats silent darkness which are really great we have the active floats as well which are powerful tools for for specific intentions you know what i mean but there is a lot of power in the silent darkness there is a lot of power when, when we're leveraging these as well it's just a, just a matter of what we're what we're looking to do in there and right we can definitely leverage those transducers as well. if somebody wanted to uh try one of these i know they're you know it's not a small investment it's um it's a commitment for to have your own float tank i mean it's a it's a luxury to say the least um is, do you have like a network where people could find like the closest one and reach out to somebody to try it? Totally, man. Yeah, maybe I can. Uh, yeah, I can send you over a a link that just has all the float centers in in the states and the globe, and uh, people just type in their zip code and they can. It'll show us up to date all the all the nearest ones that popped up. So yeah, maybe we could throw that in the show notes or something. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, either way, if if you don't if you don't get the show notes handy, you can uh, pop on Google float center near me and uh and you you're honestly just about in every major city now there's there's at least one float tank or float center around there you know but like i mean a specific max vitality one like the one that you guys have yeah totally yeah, yeah so i can send you the uh the that'd link for that okay we can plug it in so that'd be great anything else you want to mention max or yeah man i feel ultimately um, I know we, I know we delved into many topics, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just hope, hope some people were, were inspired to at least look into it a little more. Um, if you are inspired, I encourage you to act on it. 
and just get down there. Just pop in float tank near me, try it out, try a session. If you do try a float session, like we said, it's tough not to go in there, especially after hearing a, a chat like this, some different expectations, subconscious expectations. So I just invite you when you go into that first session, just letting all those go. Just realizing that after all, it is a silent, dark room um, and nothing. Uh, and again, yeah, <laughs> the silent, dark room. So don't, don't get your expectations too crazy, <laughs> you know, but just start to notice more subtly what comes with that when we give our mind permission to just dim out and not have to worry or, or sweat nothing, yeah. you know? And then if anyone does go down, I just encourage always three floats. Ideally, you're trying it three times in a short period of time. Um, because again, that first sesh, maybe it takes you 45 of the 60 minutes to relax and drop into that relaxation and, and reap a lot of parasympathetic benefits. But then by that second and third sesh, you're able to tap into that into 25 minutes, and then eventually five minutes. And we can drop right into that. And, and, and Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, meditation. I've worked with a lot of people with meditation and my clients and some of my clients, especially I would say my more successful clients, my like type Ayers, productive, um, task oriented, uh, being still hardest thing for them, you know, being, being still and quiet. It's so unfamiliar and, um, it's an adjustment for sure. Now it's with a our channel, I think a good bit of them are used to meditation. So if you're if you're used to the, the meditative practice, it'll probably come a little easier. But it's definitely different being in water and it's different. And being in a closed, a small space with the door mm -hmm. closed and can't see your hand in front of your face, kind of dark. Um, totally. Extremely relaxing. When you get really relaxed, you get really still, you get really quiet. Um, things will arise that need to to arise for you mm -hmm. and, and you can work through and, and let go or whatever's needed max if people want to find out more is maxvitality.com the place to go yeah just dot co dot co okay no m max vitality co co and uh and yeah pop on there and you'll see our uh different float tank styles and we got a couple different because I know we talked about the enclosed float tanks. But we also offer totally open float tanks too, which look more like a, an open hot tub, which are great for any anxious or claustrophobic people too. Just lower the barrier to entry there. Can you do that outside? Can you install those outside or? Yeah, I mean, ideally with those, the pods def are are more more suited for outside. Um, yeah, we've had pools go outside, but it's not as sensory deprivation. You know gotcha. what I mean? You still get the So wait, you could put a pod pool. outside though? Yeah, pods can oh. go outside because they block out most of the light, you know? Naturally, it's obviously best if it's in a, a dark room, you know what I mean? And they do have a, offer a little sound resistance, although if it's outside, um, obviously, like if planes are overhead or it's pouring rain on it, uh, All right. there's still going to be some input. But you do have earplugs in there and your ears blow the water line, so... Um, so that works great too. But yeah, if you pop on the website, you'll see our pods, our pools. We got different styles, even smaller tanks, better for homes, or larger tanks that can even fit two people at once. Um, oh, nice! Party. Which are really cool too. Yeah, do party, 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 and uh, 
And then we got our, our Vitality Salts, which I know we touched on too. So. Gotcha. Yeah, I look forward to trying those. Well, that Max, is- thanks for taking the time um, and chatting with me today. Uh, really appreciate it. And for the listeners, always grateful for your listening. Um, if you have any questions, just reach out. If I don't know the answers, I'll try to reach out to Max and see if he could answer any questions you have. Uh, I want to thank you all for tuning in and hope you have a great day. Thank you, man. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. Like I said earlier, I use Soaks as one of my primary stress management tools. It releases the physical body, like the muscular tension, all that stuff. But also, it's it's my um, it's my quiet time. It's definitely a form of meditation for me, and just allows me to wind down and kind of process the stressful events of the day, uh, and to ensure that they don't carry over and start to accumulate in the next day, which I think is a, a very important uh, like process to just integrate into your lifestyle. So if you're having trouble managing your stress, it's definitely a tool to consider. A lot of tools out there. This is just the one that really stands out in my day-to-day schedule that I lean on. Um, also, if you are interested in taking advantage of Max's products using code MINDFUL, at maxvitality.co will provide a pretty nice discount so please take advantage and if you have any questions about this just send it my way and i'll do my best Uh, thanks again for tuning in and i hope you have a great day